Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It is officially the off season. The weird time of year where you wake up on Sundays and you don't feel that itch in the air. You don't say, "Oh, I need to I need to check my fantasy team." Scratch that itch. "Oh, I need to I need to go watch the pregame show." Scratch that itch. "Oh, I need to listen to the the Red Zone countdown." Scratch that itch. "Oh, I need to hear Scott Hansen say 7 hours." Scratch that itch. It's gone. No more. And you get to be a regular human being on Sundays for the next 30 weeks or so. Um, and What if you don't want that? I contend that these are the Sundays where we are not normal humans. <laughs> it was the worst of times. It was the best of times. So <laughs> the if you, if you do feel like scratching that itch, Fantasy Football by Brodo app and the, and the Brodo Fantasy Football podcast is here for you. I'm here at my, with my brothers, of course, Michael and Jason. I, I didn't even introduce you guys today. What's up, guys? What's up, team? You know, up, team? some days you're a good host. Some days you're a bad host. It happens. You know, sometimes, you know, it's, I'm, I'm hit or miss. I'm like uh, I'm like the uh, Stefan Diggs of, of this show. Stefan Diggs. That was a miss. We all have mics today. That's that's <laughs> happening. I uh, I remembered all the equipment today and the reason why i remembered all the equipment because i'm feeling legitimately a surprise (laughs) guys anyway go check out the fantasy football by brodo podcast i mean i'm sorry app (laughs) it is live right now and it is the number one fantasy information app in the world because it is the only one boom yeah so, baby. we should start advertising <laughs> with that it's the truth what i you know about logic? i started that on i started that on on it's on my linkedin today i changed my linkedin to hey, ceo of the brodo fantasy football brodo fantasy inc and then yes co-creator of the number one fantasy football information app in this in the country which is nice. not a lie because there are no other ones we have the only one and if you want to go check it out it is free right now. It is absolutely free. We're giving sue us free. then. I'll be a lawyer in six months. Hey, hey. <laughs> we be suing. <laughs> so it literally has everything you need, and it's it's a great <laughs> dynasty tool. You're gonna hear us. Um, you're gonna hear us definitely refer to the app many times during this podcast. And the reason why it's for free is because of our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. If you want to support the show and if you want to be a patron and join the legion of Brodo Bros out there, Brodo, the Brodo fam, we like to call them, because we got Brodo sisters out there too. There's a, we, we're, not, we're, not, we're not exclusively male in the Discord either. We have females to go. Shout out to just the OG the OG fan of Brodo, like one of our first ever fans, still still very active in the Discord and all that stuff. So shout out to Jess. And where was I going with this? I can't remember. Oh, join that great community. And on top of that, you get to finish this episode. <laughs> so that's always a plus. Um, so before we get into our episode today and what we're going to be talking about on our episode, um, Let's talk about what the episode is going to be about. Well, first, Tim, we're gonna, I just want to say, um, hold on, hold on, but let's let's just let's just say what the episode is going to be about Damn first, it. okay? We have a dynasty episode today, 
We're going to be very transparent and clear. We have 10 players, and we're going to trade them, hold them, or drop them. Jason's very Jason's very uh, happy that I, I can I tell you guys that. this. The guidelines were we have five holds, five drops, five trades, but there's 10 players. I'm not using a drop because Tim, the creator of this list, listed people who are should not be dropped in the NFC League. So for me, it's hold a trade. It's a game of hold trade. That's what Jason thinks now. But uh, your boy has some some shit up his sleeve. Um, I, Mike, have, I have one cut here just just for fun. Mike, what's up? I was gonna say, uh, you know, you could you could download the app if you want to uh, quit losing. <laughs> it's quit losing. So before the before the podcast, Michael decided he was gonna do an impression of like just <laughs> of like some I don't know some old coach. Uh, just just the generic coach that you see in in movies and in real life when a team is losing, at, yelling at a bunch of twelve year olds. And Michael does a great job of it. We're just great losing. Quit losing. Guys, I had to listen to that for like <laughs> legit seven minutes straight before we started this podcast. I kept oh. trying to start the podcast, and I just kept hearing Michael go in, in the in the distance. It's terrible. Jason enjoyed it. It's quite loud. <laughs> um, so the podcast is going to be that. But let's before we get into that, let's talk about the Super Bowl because it was a pretty cool Super Bowl. Um, Aaron Donald makes the play of the Super Bowl, and. Matt Stafford is finally vindicated with the championship. Cooper Cup, a wide receiver, gets the MVP, something that you don't see happen a lot, but he deserved it. He saved his best for last, and he absolutely deserved the MVP. How did you guys feel about the Super Bowl? We had a really cool moment where we got everyone together to do an OBJ first touchdown. Every single person in the Super Bowl party bet it. And then when OBJ – I remember – as these threw the fade, the room got silent, and I just went, OBJ. And then he caught it, and the entire room went, ah! It was dope. That was a, that was a great experience. But it was a, it was a good game overall. Jason, what did you think about the what did you think about the game? No, it's a great game. Um, I'm nitpicking when I say the third quarter was a little boring. Very boring. <laughs> uh, but at least it started with a 80 yard touchdown, um, where a face mask was not called. But no, it was super entertaining. It um, it wasn't a blowout, which made sense. I feel like people, the general idea with the Bengals all year was they're either going to lose or, you know, they're going to go down early and have to come back. But they, that's just not how they played. Like, they'd go down a little bit, but not by too much. So I think it was generally went how it was expected. Um, I was rooting for overtime again because then the Bengals would have just it would have come down to the last play in every single game they played, which is just ridiculous. Um, considering that against the Raiders, uh, Derek Carr threw an incomplete pass in the end zone to end the game too. And then McPherson was kicking field goals. So I thought it would have been cool if it went to overtime, but I enjoyed the game. Uh, something that came true that we predicted on the show was that defense, that offensive line for Cincinnati needs to be they are responsible for losing the Super Bowl. I don't think that's a stretch to say. Because uh, the defense played oh. well, the offense played well. That offensive line got completely manhandled by Aaron Donald and company. And Joe Burrow did sprain his MCO. 
Yeah, you could tell he got hurt. Yeah. Um, but they really turned up in the second half. Like, I remember, I remember the first time McVay and the Rams were in the Super Bowl. They couldn't make the halftime adjustments to what was going on in the game, and it cost them. And this this year, they did the exact opposite. They the defense, not really the offense, but the offense turned it up at the end. But the defense really was the one that you know completely turned things around. Like Joe Burrow was having a pretty clean game, and then all of a sudden, you got sacked. I think it was more times than anyone Super Bowl history or something like that. Is that is that not a stat? I, I think I I'm saw not sure that. if it was the most ever, but yeah, that would have been sacked a, like a seven deal. times. Seven times, and you're talking about a guy who wasn't sacked almost at all in the first quarter. So, I mean, in the first half, so. They just manhandled it. I think that was why the third quarter was so boring. It was like sack after sack on Joe Burrow. They just could not hold Aaron Donald and company. They just couldn't do it. It's true. I mean, no one can, but. But it was, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the picture of, like, Jamar Chase with Jalen Ramsey on the floor I on that did. last play. I did. If Joe Burrow uh, had more time, he would have been able to, you know, just throw a deep ball to Jamar Chase to walk into the end zone, which is, oh, boy. I don't know if, if I'm a fan of the Bengals, does that picture make me happy or sad? A little, uh, definitely sad. <laughs> yeah, definitely sad. I was trying to be a, an optimist here, but nah. <laughs> that's a, that's a sad picture if you're a Bengals fan. Jason, what do you think? Is that a happy picture or a sad picture? Sad. Hmm. I could see the argument for happy, but I gotta go sad. Tell me it. What's the argument? Is that, oh, I know at least we could have won. Like, we were good enough to win the Super Bowl, and maybe we have a chance to win the Super Bowl next year because of that. Yeah. I mean, I think you feel like that regardless, so that's why it's a sad photo. I, I, I will say the the history in the NFL of the loser of the Super Bowl bouncing back the next year is few and far between. Not many of those of those Super Bowl losers come back the next year and have good years. But not many of them have second-year quarterbacks. And one of the the one the only other one that did, the Steelers, came back and had a good year. So, shout out to the Rams for defeating the stigma that you always have to plan for the future in the NFL. They just got correct all the players to win. Now, they traded away all their draft capital for, you know, man, first-round picks sometimes turn into the Vernon Golstons of the world that just don't work out. They got Matt Stafford because of it. They got OBJ for free. Like, it ended up working out literally as perfectly as it possibly could have for them. It's such a it's such an unorthodox approach, too. Like, you got to – there's a lot of pressure on that. Like, you, you're in L.A. You want the star power, I feel like. You want to make a footprint in, in the city. Because if you're going to make a footprint in that city, you got, you're going to be doing it right now. Because everyone's going to be jocking, like – Oh, yeah, the Rams, L.A., L.A., we're the champs. Like, this is where you create little kids who are Rams fans. I think, and that's and that's one of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest, one of the biggest factors for building a team like this, I feel like, too, is, like, they have a unique circumstance where they, they have to win now because they have to attract the fan base. So they went all in. And it worked. And that fan base might have some stuff. Keep winning. Yeah, just quit losing. <laughs> Yo, Matt Stafford's only like 33, right? How old is Matt Stafford? 34, 35. He's not that old. Tim just spoke into Siri on a mic. 
Yo, you know what the problem Best is? Best ever's 34. Like an actual writer. Yo, he could be good for like six years more. That's Best what I'm ever. saying. Like I saw a big time person on Twitter say like, there's rumblings that Sean McVay might retire. And now it all makes sense why the Rams used the cap the way they did. Because McVay knew he wouldn't be around when everything crumbled. Like, that's such a dumbass way to look at shit. They oh just won the gracious. fucking Super Bowl. Please, please call out who said that. That's yeah, one of the stupidest that. things I've ever heard in my life. Michael, I don't t- remember. I I'll look socks? it up, but it's just so fucking dumb. Michael, can I take off my socks? Obviously. What kind of a question is that? Tim is on my couch currently. Yeah. I uh, I live with my girlfriend now in a new place with a new couch. And so we have we have to come here because usually I would go downstairs. If you guys didn't know, so Michael lives in a new place. He used to live under me. But just below me. Hey, oh, that's what Not she said. Not under me. Below me. Like he was in the he was in the apartment below mine. Yes, and Jason was and my roommate. I would go downstairs and I would do the the podcast with him. But now I have to. I I had a nice walk here today. Actually, I was gonna say it's a pretty nice walk. I don't know if you're walking or driving. Yeah, there was no way I could drive today because I have too good of a parking spot, and parking is a rare commodity around these parts. I feel you. It's also a nice bike ride. Yeah, I'm not going to bring on my bike in this weather. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, great game all around. Uh, guys, I know Matt Stafford Hall of Famer talk is dominating the, the, the stratosphere right now. And I am, look, I'm Matt Stafford's number one guy. I, I got yelled at last last uh, last show for saying Matt Stafford would be just as good, if not better than guys like, like Big Ben and Eli Manning and Aaron Rodgers if he was to put in those situations. Um but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer quite yet. Let's let's, pump, he's let's not. pump the brakes for a second. And let's, but let's pump that's the why I was getting mad at you guys last week when you're comparing him to Big Ben and shit. Because um, now you have I found to be consistent. The, I found the culprit and I'm not surprised. It is Dov Kleiman. If you see his Twitter you'll know who I'm talking about. Oh I do know who you're talking about. That's he is asking to say infamously constantly shit on because i mean he has a large following sixty-five thousand as a freelance reporter he calls it but he's been shit on multiple times for just being someone who basically has twitter notifications on and then tweets it right after and tries to take credit for stuff mm, unlike the brodo fan the fantasy football by brodo app that tweets things that gets to your phone before even espn does wish happen Boom, boom. All right, so let's get into the nooks and cranny, the meat and potatoes, the of zwavs. I don't know. That's a that's a made up word um, of the episode. We have 10 players here. You have to hold, which means you're keeping them on your roster or you have to trade them away or you have to cut them. People are making these decisions right now because there's that guy on the waiver wire or you want to you traded away your draft picks and you want to get more draft picks. You got to consider what's going to go on with these guys. And the the secret to Dynasty is trading for value, right? Trading at the highest value you can. Because if you trade someone at their peak and it's only down from there, then you always come out victorious in those trades. I do have one piece of advice, and I want to know how you guys feel about it. I, I can know almost if, guarantee I'm going to disagree with you. I think you're going to like this one. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a league with an orphan. Have you guys ever been in a league with an orphan? An orphan team? Like an orphan team? Like a an dynasty? orphan child? We're talking, <laughs> we're talking about a dynasty league. We're talking about a dynasty league. An orphan an orphan team. I haven't. I'm I'm new-ish 
like compared to our redraft, I'm new to Dynasty. I have not joined a Dynasty League yet where there has been an, a team left out to dry. I don't really like – I find it very hypocritical that the fantasy football world tries to act like they're woke, but then they just throw the word orphan around when talking about teams. I mean – but I'll save that conversation for another day. That's uh, that, there's that a lot of hypocrites of, that came out throughout the entire fantasy football world. Jason is staking his claim and saying that on the free part. Usually we save that for the paper <laughs> part. To be honest, <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. give a fuck anymore. You know, what, you know what the issues with the woke crowd? They keep wolves. <laughs> <laughs> we can't keep wolves. Right, we I'll, gotta I'll get stop. it together. I'll stop doing that. Yeah, man. what is? Okay, you need to stop because, like, I'm telling you right now, like, I bet you there's people who didn't even know people who were like that and don't know that reference at all. I feel like everyone knows that person. Anyway, can I get to my advice? If you had an orphan team and there's a new person who took over that team, you need to raid that team with as much oomph and gusto as possible you need to get his number you need to get his or her you need to get his number you need to get the dms you need to get their instagram their twitter their everything and you need to hit them up relentlessly for the player you want because you better believe that guy is trying to make moves he has players that he likes and you have to take advantage of his his He's never going to want to trade all of his players again more than when he takes over a team that he has no... He didn't have any say in it. If I took over an orphan, I'd want to trade the entire thing away. And any league that I've ever been part of that someone else took over, they basically traded the entire team away within the first five days. So if you have an orphan in your league, go get that person, get their number... Get friendly with them, invite them to dinner, maybe get them a little drunk, and then take all their players. And tell them you love them. After you take all their players. That's right. Uh, so, be kind. So one of the guys that could be at his peak, because this guy is next level, that's Alvin Kamara. Alvin. So when you're looking at Alvin Kamara on the surface, storyline-wise, right? You recently arrested for battery, so we don't know what's going to go on with that, right? We don't know how the NFL is going to react to that. He got into a bar fight, it seems. Uh, Sean Payton has retired. Not only that, Dennis Allen takes over. He's formerly a defensive coordinator. He's the Saints' defensive coordinator, and he's not an offensive guy. And you know, Sean Payton was always coming with a game plan to get Alvin Kamara involved. Questions at quarterback. Who's even the quarterback for the Saints right now? Is it Taysom Hill now that Sean Payton is gone? Can another coach coach Taysom Hill? We don't know that yet. And he has an injury history. You can't ignore his injury history. But on the other hand, in his entire career, he has never finished outside of an RB1. He's been an RB1 every year his entire career. He has four years left on a giant contract five years 75 million dollars and even if they want to buy out that's after two years and his head coach is at least familiar with him and how he's been using the same system he's been had he's had the front row seat he's practiced against it so you're looking at Alvin Kamara and you're weighing these options Michael Jason is Alvin Kamara a hold a trade here at value or I I don't even want to ask are you letting him go because you're not so Jason, why don't you start us off? Oh, you mean 
Drop is never going to be an option. Drop's going to be an option <laughs> later. You better be. You better understand it is. You got. I. I, I, I it, it's. Go- I can't wait to surprise you with my surprise. With Alvin Kamara, I'm holding. I think that the time has passed to trade. Um, our Brodo Dynasty League. I do not have the best team, to be blunt, but I was able to deal Alvin Kamara for three firsts potentially at least two i don't recall the trade exactly this season i think the time to deal camara was this season um now that I, I mean drew Brees retired so that was always something to be concerned about now sean payton's out the door and alvin camara is getting into more personal issues um i don't want to speak too much about it because i don't know much about it but it just seems like in an offense where there's going to be more question marks i'm always weary of trusting a running back who gets a lot of his work through the air when a new coach comes to town. Cause there are a lot of coaches who are old style coaches who don't like to use running backs as receivers. So I'm, it's going to be interesting to um, like, I'm going to assess that as we get closer to the season to see where I'm ranking Alvin Kamara. But for now, I just think that with all that being said, his value isn't where it should be for what could be a great Alvin Kamara season still. He obviously still has juice in his legs. So at this point, like I saw someone in the chat say, should I trade Alvin Kamara for the 112 or something like that? Like that's where his value is at right now. I'm not taking that trade. I'm just going to stick to having Alvin Kamara and ride out whatever the rest of his career may be. So what what would you accept? Like where? what's the – are you accepting only multiple first-round picks? Are you accepting – are you accepting like a really high first round pick? I know this this draft class isn't the best of draft class uh draft classes. Uh it there there are a couple strong wide receivers. There are uh the running back class is, is deep, so at least there's depth there, but no one that stands out is like Anaji Harris as of right now. Now I, I, I must admit, um I will be more familiar with the depth of these players. Uh, later in the year when it's more appropriate. But there's no one that you just understood their name because they completely dominated college football and they set these records. Like, there's really no one like that in this draft. So what are you what are you willing to get in return for Alvin Kamara? I would definitely deal him for two first-rounders. Michael, do you disagree? No, I was going to say my, I was going to begin my uh... – my spiel about everything is relative when it comes to fantasy football as well. Just because we say keep or trade doesn't mean that you're going to keep or trade that person for like you're going to keep him forever or trade him for nothing. It's all relative and you have to get good value. I was going to say if someone offered me a couple firsts for Alvin Kamara, that is something I would take. At this point, he's going to be 27 next year as well at the start of the season. And I know that's not very old. But, you know, there's a cliff for running backs. And someone posted what a first-round dynasty startup looked like two years ago, and it was absurd. Like, all the players are nowhere near first-round value anymore. It was just hilarious. There are players like uh, like Kareem Hunt, Todd Gurley, David Johnson. Like, cliffs happen in football, whether you like it or not. And generally, they happen earlier than expected, which is why some people their dynasty values plummet so fast, like Todd Gurley and David Johnson. And I think Alvin Kamara, I don't think he's going to be bad by any means over the next couple of years. I still think he has some um, 
some good seasons ahead of him, but with the way New Orleans is looking going forward with no real QB at the moment, no more Sean Payton, no more Drew Brees, I think his locked and loaded RB1 days might be in the past. And uh, if I could get a couple of firsts for him, get some young blood on the squad, I'd consider that for sure. All I know is it's looking more and more every day like zero wider, zero running back is the move for Dynasty. Zero running back. These guys just drop off cliffs. I can't believe Jamar Chase wasn't the unanimous 101 last year. Yeah. Here's the here's the issue with Dynasty. We're gonna have a little Dynasty perspective here when it comes to uh, running backs and going zero running back. In Dynasty, it's tough to go zero full zero running back because if you miss on a late running back. It's not like there's waivers to the point where you could pick up the backup. Like, all of the backups are also rostered. Like, there are no handcuffs available. So, if you pick wrong, if you get it wrong, you're fucked. So, like, that's the argument against going zero running back in, in Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, eh. You know, I, I, but I agree. I think that wide receivers are more valuable. I think that's, I think that's unquestionable. Like I think in short season, Jamar you know Chase I'm a running back. Three. You know I'm a running back guy in redraft, but in dynasty, it's got to be the wide receivers there. I'm actually, actually like, like I, in all my dynasty drafts, I try to lock up like Josh Allen. I think that's an important position. Um, all right, so we're gonna get to our second guy. So both Jason and Michael give him a cut. I mean, uh, a uh, not a cut, a uh, a trade. All right. Next one is a guy who absolutely came out of the blue, and this is what something that you gave I, him a hold. Oh, you gave him a hold, Jason. Yeah, I thought you gave him a trade. You just said you traded him for two first round picks and gave the whole spiel of why he why you should trade him now. You didn't listen to me. You didn't listen to my intricacies. It was too advanced for you, Michael. You gave him a trade. A preliminary trade. Man, it's the guys. You're not actually trading. I preliminarily like, put myself in next year's dunk contest. Make a decision, <laughs> man. <laughs> anyway, I'll give him a trade just to. So the next guy up. that comes up came out of nowhere, and this is something we preach on the podcast: is we can give you all the information, the information that we interpret, but no matter what, we're gonna get some stuff wrong. And everyone who prognosticates fantasy football is going to get something wrong no matter how good they are. And the reason is because of guys like this guy, Corderell Patterson, who come out of nowhere, who wasn't even ranked by some guys, and has an outstanding year and took a lot of people to the to the to the promised land. At the end of the year he kind of fell off, but he at least got him there. Um Corderell Patterson, he had the best year of his career. Uh, did I say Corderell Patterson before that? Corderell Patterson is the guy. Um he had the best year of his career by far. And he has less run in his legs. He hasn't been a guy who is a starting running back or starting wide receiver. He's been more of a special teamer in his career. So he doesn't have the the wear and tear that 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 guy usually does. But on the other hand, he has never finished anywhere near fantasy relevant in his entire life. Next season, he is entering his age 31 year. And as I do not need to let you guys know because you already know the Falcons are in a terrible situation quarterback wise because you're now hearing these 
rumors every year. Are the Falcons going to take a quarterback? Should the Falcons Falcons have taken Justin Fields last year? Should the Falcons they're going to talk about should the Falcons take Malik Willis or Sam Howell or whoever's going this year? You know, it's all going to be like that, and and they're going to be that team that kind of like passes on it because they're like, oh, our guy could still do it. He can't. He can't do it. He hasn't been elite in a very long time, and he's not going to just become elite again. And that scares me for Cordero Patterson. So if you have Cordero Patterson in Dynasty, you probably got him off the waiver wire, and you probably had a great thing that you did not expect to have that would played an intricate role in your team. Crazy. Crazy season for Cordero. So what do you do? Because, you, you know, you don't want to be the guy who gives up on a guy like that, but at the same time, like, sometimes you got to trade R.A. Dickey for Noah Syndergaard and Travis Darnold. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shout out to uh, if there's baseball. I remember the last time Tim made us both laugh out loud. <laughs> Maybe like uh, 84 years ago. Like a Titanic. Cordell game. Patterson is the definition of a trade. Man's is trade season all day. Look, his season was fun and all, but he didn't season. end. He didn't end as a top 15 running back after week 12. He ended outside the top 30 running backs the last four weeks, and. Along with that, we saw his work just continue to decline throughout the year for some reason. This guy was playing well, and the Falcons decided, eh, let's let Mike Davis get some work. Uh, so definitely a downward trend heading into the year. Like, what are the odds this 33-year-old rejuvenated person is going to come out and have an amazing 34-year-old season? I, if anyone still believes in him, trade him to that person. One of the issues with me too is, I think we'd have be having a slightly different uh, talk about Cordero Patterson if the fears that it was a one hit wonder didn't start happening at the end of his one hit wonder season. Like he closed out the season bad, like with a really rough patch. Like if you, if you had him, he got you to the promised land or the playoffs. But then he didn't do anything during that stretch over the last four weeks or so. They stopped using him in the passing game. He wasn't as effective as a runner. And that's that's a little scary um, because, like, like we know he's he's had a long career, but it has not been an illustrious career by any means. So, I mean, I feel like what could you get for Cordell Patterson? If you could get a first-round pick, I'd trade it, for, trade it in a second, maybe even a second-round pick. But you're also, if you're a contending team and you need someone like Cordero Patterson, like you'd rather have him than like a third round pick, I understand. So I guess I'd, I guess I'd say like if, I guess I'd say trade him if you could get something good. But I'm also okay just holding him too if people aren't trying to give you value. Because I doubt he'd have zero um, effect fantasy-wise next year. Like I'm sure he'll have some sort of role on whatever team he's on. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. To catch the rest of the episode, please join us over at Patreon.com, where the rest of this episode is just one of a ton of features and extras that we offer you to help you win your leagues and dominate all season long. Also, don't forget to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It is the number one, number one app for fantasy information and is the only app you need for complete and utter 
Fantasy Domination. Don't forget to follow us at, on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy and on Instagram and on TikTok. For my brothers at Brodo FF Mike, at Brodo FF Jason, our brother from another mother at Brodo FF Casanova, and me at Brodo FF Tim. Follow us on Twitter, and we will see you next week. Later. <laughs>